Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Motivation Monday and the Be Encouraged Show with Frank and Lisa. Thank you for being a part of our show. If you want a live ring, give us a call at 719-300-7936, and Lisa will be glad to answer. Really? We're taking phone calls? We can take phone calls today. We have a foodie show today, but before we go that. Go there, let me tell you, because I'm kind of eating some of the food for the foodie straw. I know you guys are jealous. Take a look at it. Check it out. Right? <laughs> Where we go, baby. Oh, yes. <laughs> she knew that I was hungry. Had that look on my face or something. I'm Frank Sinclair. I'm the Chief Encouragement Officer for Dream Again Business Consulting. We do want you to go to Amazon to pick up a copy of one of my books. Um, just go Frank Sinclair, all three books will come up, so I'm not even going to give you the title. But go there and pick up a copy of those. I think they'll help you as you're processing your life in business this year. And we have the illustrious, awesome, incredible, and those are her bad points, Lisa Sennett. Tell them what you do, Lisa. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Lisa Sinnott with InnovateSuccess.com. I bring families together to reputable businesses for the next home or business project. She does, and she does it so well. She tirelessly works to vet businesses that you would have actually come into your house. <laughs> so that, that that's an important thing, right? Absolutely. So, Lisa, you have put together a great show today here on the Be Encouraged show with Frank and Lisa, and I want you to have these folks introduce themselves to our community. Awesome. Well, I'm going to start with here with Greg Howard. Um, so Greg Howard, fun fact, has owned the Patty Jewett Golf Course. He runs the whole restaurant piece, the whole food and beverage side of the house um, for three years. And I've been, uh, I'm a Rotarian. I've been there for many years and never crossed your path. So this is very exciting for me to meet you in person and to meet you if you want to share a little bit about you yeah thank you both lisa and frank for having me on the show today um yes i i own the uh, contract with the city for the food and beverage i don't actually own the golf course uh, the city owns that it's a municipal course open to the public uh, and the restaurant is open seven days a week to the public as well which is something we do struggle with a little bit on a day like today people think up oh, golf is closed restaurants closed but we are open for business for sure we're open breakfast lunch and dinner i've uh, been there for a little over three years um, been in the restaurant industry in this town since 1995 when i first got here um, absolutely love this town i love our industry i love the community we've built here and uh, i'm happy to be here to talk today and Miss Megan. So Hi. <laughs> welcome, Megan. Um, so Megan Thomas is uh, owner, correct? Yep. Of uh, marketing, the marketing agency called? Springs Native Creative. I can't even read my own handwriting. <laughs> what did I write? I don't know, Megan. <laughs> so, yeah, so I own Springs Native Creative. We're a marketing agency specializing in social media and public relations for restaurants specifically and I have a few other uh, clients as well and then I also run a food blog called Springs Native and I've done that for nine years now oh my so yeah 
I checked that out a little bit, and your yeah. videos are incredible. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and Miss Delilah's in the house. Hey, how's it going? Alvarado. She can dance, by the way. I just well, yes. <laughs> I've seen her at Whiskey Baron. Um, so, Miss Delilah, you have your own company, uh, Delilah Alvarado Consulting, helping people with leadership, team development, all that good stuff. But you're also a avid foodie, and you had a lot, a lot of input into the city, helping out in the food industry, and we look forward to hearing about more of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, tell us a little bit. Sure, about, right? yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yes, avid foodie for me, all that that means is I really do love to eat. Um, <laughs> everyone's got their own definition of foodie. I do my best not to subscribe to any of those labels, um, but really for me, my I don't know if we want to call it an obsession um, with food in general. For me, it's, it's just a very, very faith-based thing for me, mm. um, more from a faith-based uh, lens, if you will, right? Food has always been an invitation for us to gather, and that's really what it is for mm. me. And, and, you know, everybody, um, they see the foodies page in their own way, what it brings for them, maybe a great way to share recipes, maybe to, you know, find out what's the newest restaurant um, or share about their favorite restaurant. And, and for me, it's really a way to set the table and say, let's gather. Uh, but that's really an obligation in, in my personal life that, that I have, right? That's what I feel part of my service to society is, is to really help set tables, uh, to bring people together. So that's really my key, my why, deep down, just Delilah. Um, that's what I love to do, is to help bring people together. So I do go out to eat a little bit here and there, as you may have noticed, <laughs> or a lot. A um, lot. But it's really because I yeah, have such cool. an appreciation for the, the teams that are out there mm. setting tables and creating these just memorable environments and um, occasions for us to gather, you know, with those who are important to us. So I have such an appreciation for that. Um, my parents had two different restaurants when I was growing up oh. at different times. Um, so I'm also very aware, you know, of, of what it means for um, someone to be in the service industry. Uh, so I really love to support that. Um, but also, I love to have social gatherings at my house. Yes, you know, my, I've seen your posts. Yeah, there's some folks, you she know, they, they, can, uh, they can come over anytime. House is always open, and uh, the table will always be set. So, That's so yeah. good, because some people don't have a place to go like that. Absolutely. To gather like that and to really right. hold deep real conversations mm -hmm. and enjoy food and I mean even that's biblical so yes there is oh it is yeah there there yeah. is and, and I won't preach to anyone today right <laughs> but, but if you do go into Hebrews you know it does oh, talk yeah. about um how we are commanded um to gather so that we lift one another um and and so for me that's what a lot of it is for me and I know that that's not for everyone and that's okay um, well, I, it's a, I can even tell you, it's even in Hebrews 10. Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hebrews 10, right, that's right, absolutely. Don't forsake True. the gathering yes, of one yes, another together, absolutely. which is the custom of some, right? Yeah, so way to bring that. Yeah, bring you. Right. Oh, yeah. oh you're yeah. me. Yeah. Bring I mean, you. I am right. unapologetically awesome. <laughs> to, to turn the radio on. <laughs> you're going to get all the That's incredible. Lisa, if I could, I'd love to try to circle back. And either one of you, I think all three of you probably have perspective on my question, is the state of the industry in the region right now. 
We've gone through COVID. We know that was pretty devastating to the food industry and et cetera. So who'd like to start with your perspective about the state right now? I think we should let Greg start with that, <laughs> and then and then I'll and then I'll, I'll kind of yeah I'll kind of hop on okay. and talk a little bit about what my clients are experiencing, but he's experiencing stuff firsthand over there. At- yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, to address Delilah, you are the reason that we get up and go to work every day. People like you that want to come and gather. Uh, it is why I'm in the industry. Um, it, it was never just a job for me. It was always a lifestyle. It was a it was a calling. I love to serve my guests, my friends, my people. Um, it's just something that is in my blood. Um, I, earlier we were chatting before the show started um, about how we're all pirates in the restaurant industry. And, you know, we just we take them in, everybody, and we give them a home. And whether it's our, our staff, which is our family, or our guests, which some of those are family. Um, so we really do appreciate that, that attitude of um, wanting to gather and wanting to get together. And that's really why we open our doors. Um, we just love it. So um, that being said, it's been a tough three years. Um, I've been in the restaurant industry for a long, long time. I won't totally date myself, but um, we had the um, the Y2K. We had 9-11. We had um, the crash of 08, the recession. So I've, I've been in the restaurant industry through all of those things, um, some worse than others. Um, we thought the the recession of 08 was was the worst. I mean, Y2K was just a quick one, right? Everybody was panicked that they had to take their money out of banks and yes. everything was going to happen. I can't believe that was 23 years ago. We're all staring at our um, TVs, yeah, like, that we were going to breathe. Yeah, again. yeah. I mean, I think where I was, somebody flicked the lights off, and we thought that was the end yeah, of it. You know, that's it. Um, <laughs> but people stopped spending money before that because they were afraid. Yeah. Um, and you know, we had 9/11, which of course that hurt. Um, you know, it, it hurt our economy as well. And then you go roll into 08 with the crash. Uh, we survived that. We all had to pivot as far as restaurant owners go. We had to figure out new ways to drum business up. We had to figure out better ways to operate our businesses more so we could be more profitable or in some cases just less unprofitable um, because it was a really tough time. Uh, but nothing hit us like the last three years with the pandemic. It wow. was it was absolutely devastating, um, not only on a financial level. You know, it's really hard to make money when they close your doors down, um, but also just on an emotional level with um, not knowing what was coming next. Um, one of the things that really sparked me when my staff started coming to me going, can you help me apply for unemployment? And it's because restaurant people never have to get unemployment because there's always somewhere to go. There's always another restaurant. And it was one after another was like, I don't know how to do this. They were so unfamiliar with that process, which really kind of made me feel great about my industry that we're always there for them. There's always opportunity. But then it was really scary that we had a lot of people who really didn't know what to do next. So um, we were, um, you know, as far as myself and my partner, we were very supportive of our staff. We really wanted to make sure that they were okay. We took all of the food we had in our walk-in coolers and told everybody to bring Tupperware. We put it all out for them to take home. Um, We donated whatever was left after the staff went through it. We just wanted to make sure that they had meals. Um, I was part of starting some programs to help feed restaurant staff, um, which was really cool. We got some big donations from a foundation, and we used that money to pay the restaurants to prepare the food for restaurant employees to come and pick up, which was pretty cool. Um, (laughs) Megan will talk more about that. That was a a big... uh, 
big undertaking on her part, but it was just cool to be part of that. Yeah. And um, I mean, the the mastermind behind it is pretty amazing to make that something like that work. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, seriously, <laughs> seriously. Um, like I said earlier, we were all just you know struggling, trying to figure out what we were going to do next. And there was people like Megan who was not technically in the industry who was saying, hold on, what can we do? What's next? Where do we move? You know, and made some great things happen. So um, w the recovery process was long and hard. Um, I've been absolutely blessed at Patty Jewett with um, having a fantastic year. I mean, this past year was the best year Patty Jewett's ever had. Wow. People were ready to come out. They were, they wanted to support local business, which I think was big. Yes. Um, you know, we did we did some good hard work to get where we are, and, and I'm pretty proud of what our crew did. So I'll pass this on to Megan. I would like to personally take credit for keeping Patty Jewett in business <laughs> <laughs> because let me tell you, uh, there's nowhere else I love to grab a beer and a burger more than Patty. Um, <laughs> if you've never been there, it is absolutely incredible food. Greg does such a good job. When you think of Thank like you. where to go eat anytime, I'm like, have you been to Patty Jewett? And I take someone, they're like, you want to go eat at the golf course? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, absolutely. Beautiful view. Oh, my God. The summer on the patio at Patty, there's nothing, nothing better. The food is so good. The people there are the best. Um, but, yeah, with that, um, the thing about the restaurant industry that people kind of forget sometimes is that all of your most people's biggest moments in their lives, you celebrate those at restaurants with the people who are serving you. You get engaged, you go somewhere to have a party and people serve you and celebrate. You, you know, get married and maybe you have like a brunch the next day. You graduate, everyone goes to lunch afterward. You have a birthday. Everyone celebrates their birthday at a restaurant and the people who are serving you at these restaurants, the people who are making these experiences for you are celebrating. So every time you have this big event or something special happen to you, these are the people who make those moments special for you. And so um, I started my blog about nine years ago. Um, I was the first food blog in town, really. Um, there were a couple that started very shortly after, but I was really the first like food blog in the springs. And now I mostly just post photos on Instagram and I've kind of morphed into worrying more about my business than that. Yeah. Um, my business is fairly new. It started at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, I've always worked in marketing and I lost my job from the pandemic. I was working at a magazine and um, one of my current clients and dear friends who maybe we could talk a little bit about it later, but uh, Mark Anthony's pretzels, mm -hmm. he was only selling wholesale and he had to switch to retail because who buys pretzels when they order to go food? Mm -hmm. um, and I met him and said, hey, you're never going to survive this. He didn't have Facebook. He didn't have Instagram, didn't have social media. You're never going to survive this without social media. Let me help you. I don't have anything to do. I'll let me help you for free. I have nothing else to do. So I helped him. We were able to really push his business, and he really, really was able to thrive. I mean, the numbers that he saw during those first two months of the pandemic were bigger than any any numbers he probably has ever seen. I mean, it was incredible. Um, and then with that, some other restaurant owners saw that I was helping him, and my dear friend Franco came to me and said, you know, first off, Franco is just so wonderful. He owns Paravicinis and Sopra. The first thing he did say to me was, I'm happy to feed you. Do you need do you need food? Are you you know, luckily I wasn't in a position where I was needing, you know, I was desperate to for money or mm -hmm. anything like that. But, you know, the first thing he said was, I'll feed you. Anytime you want to come in for a meal, it's on me. I'm gonna take care of you. Mm -hmm. Um, but then that June, um, he came to me and said, Hey, you know, I could use some marketing help. 
did he really need it? I question that. <laughs> um, I think he just really wanted to support me. And then from there, a lot of other business owners came to me and were like, hey, we need help. You know, we have this PPP money we have to spend on marketing on things and we need someone to do it for us when we don't know what to do or how to stand out. And so um, I'm very, very lucky that while the pandemic was really hard and it was it was it was hard as a not as a business owner for me in terms of the actual business, but it was hard you know, going to see people like Franco or my friends like Greg and going into their office to sit down and say, hey, let's talk about things and them just quite literally crying, you know, grown grown men who've been yep. in this business for their entire lives crying yeah. and saying, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Yeah. And so, you know, I'd kind of sit there and, you know, comfort them and say, I'm here to help you. And then I'd go sit in my car and cry because it was awful. Yeah. It wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't fun like it is now. Um, but but it, so as that happened, um, Greg mentioned a something that we did that we worked on and was called Rally for Restaurants. And so I was trying to think, you know, part of this is these people celebrate everything with you. Sorry, I kind of went around a roundabout way to get to this. But all of these people celebrate these huge moments with you. And that's why they're in this industry. Like Greg said, he wakes up every morning wanting to serve people like Delilah who are so excited to come in. And these people who work at restaurants, these amazing, amazing people, they're servers, they're bartenders, they work there because they want to be a part of your special day. And when he says mental health, it's not just, you know, what are we going to do? It's also these people are at home alone. They don't get to see their coworkers. They're not interacting with people. They live for that. That's why they're in this industry. Yeah. And so you, you also add that in and that adds you know, depression, loneliness, uh, being sad, and then you add on, I'm unemployed, all of these things. And so um, me and some other people who work in town were kind of trying to think of like, how can we get these people some help? How can we get the restaurants some help? And how can we lift everyone's spirits? And so that's how Rally for Restaurants was born. I went to, um, why can't I think of the name of United the Way. people who gave? Yes, thank you. Like speaking. Um, we went to United Way and pitched this idea, and they gave us fifty thousand dollar grant. Oh and so what we did is we decided, okay, with this fifty thousand dollars, we are going to pick two days a week and two restaurants each day, and so many people can go to one, and so many people can go to other, and there's designated meals that these people can pick up and they sign up online they would go pick up a meal for themselves and up to four people so for the whole families oh. and um these they would pick up the meal and then the restaurant would get paid with that money so the restaurant was getting paid but then these people would get these meals for free these workers who needed it but also they would be able to come and get that food and see other people leave their house it gave them a reason to do something and yeah. um one thing that someone said to me um her name is erica she is a very well-known beloved bartender in town she works at the rabbit hole she's been um she's worked all over town and she said to me one day you know this gives some of our employees a reason to like get out of bed for the day wow. and so it was really fun we were able to do that i want to say 30 weeks mm -hmm. i think we helped 60 restaurants at least it was it was really incredible it was a lot of work um I've learned my lesson on signing up for things to volunteer for. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, I, I did want to give a special shout out and thank you to United Way for that. I mean, it was two years ago, and I still cannot get over how generous they were in making sure that these funds came to us. And a lot of people donated money online as well. Um, and so as things have rebuilt, you know, part of that was when people lost their jobs, when people were faced with this, a lot of people left the industry. So not only did it cripple businesses from the standpoint of, 
we're closed down, people aren't coming to us, that type of thing. But once businesses started reopening, the part of the problem was there was no one to work there. And there was a lot of front of house, a lot of servers, but back of house, I mean, I think it's better now, but for a while there, it was desperate. There was no one to work in a kitchen. And that's really where a lot of our clients struggled. And now the struggle is that the way people have done everything because of COVID has changed. So the way people think of going out to eat, the way people make reservations because of all of the changes that happened when we when everyone first opened, you basically had to make a reservation to go eat dinner. Yeah. And then, so now people are used to reservations. Yes. And then, you know, being able to staff for that, the, the way the entire industry works has just completely changed, even just how you market. People order online in a different way than they used to. People, again, make plans to go out in a different way than they used to. And so figuring out how to, you know, work through that is something that has, um, as a marketer has been really interesting for me to see and observe and try to figure out. And then for my clients, all of these restaurant owners figuring out, okay, how do I staff for this night? How do I, how do I do all of these things that used to be very predictable and now are completely unpredictable? Yes. Yeah. You know, I want to throw just one comment in here because it even runs deeper as far from my perspective, right? I'm not in the industry, et cetera. But when you did that for the restaurants, it really gets a little bit emotional for me because I think if if we if we we have no idea how many actual lives might have been saved through that process. Mm-hmm. I mean, of the despair Absolutely. and depression and all the things people that are accustomed to uh, getting out mm-hmm. and socially. That's why you work in restaurants, because you're a social being, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then not being able to do that. So thanks for explaining all of that yeah. to the people in our region. And by the way, you have, boy, your voice projects. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, my. Anyone ever told you that before? I mean, no. I was, a, I was a college cheerleader, so I think it still oh, kind of goes. Go. Yeah. Where did you go? Uh, Baker University. Oh. It's out in Kansas. Yeah, you should have, uh, you should consider uh, keynoting. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You. Yeah. 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 And those are your bad points. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm just like I didn't realize I was coming on the radio to just get compliments. I don't know. Can I come I, back next week? I don't know if I've ever seen you blush before. <laughs> I may pull you in the first Monday of February. There we go. He's heading out of town. Yeah. Done. Wow. Heading out of town. Lisa's going to be doing this by herself. You're gonna you, have, might, oh you have yeah, to have I to come in and co-host with You'll her. You'll have to write down the compliments for her to give me before you go. <laughs> That's my payment. Oh, my. Wow. Lisa. Yeah. What a great. This is really Lisa's. Lisa just came on the show with me in the beginning of the year. And because she's such a connector and knows so many people, these are the type of shows is the reason that you're here, right? Yeah. And that we're connecting with this because you guys are incredible in your space. You are releasing some things into our community that people would have no idea about, right? What does a state look like for you, Delilah? Um, well, I think when everything kicked off with COVID, what I think what really happened, and I think that this can happen in any type of crisis, is space is created for us. And what, and so what I mean by that is from our normal day-to-day, what we do, right, all the time. We go to the grocery store. Maybe some folks are stopping off at, I don't know, their favorite place to go get dinner. But all of a sudden, it's halt, and now there's all this dead space. And what do you do? 
right? And I think that that really took people back quite a bit. And we saw a lot of projection, right, mm -hmm. with um, anger, frustration, loss, desperation. Uh, maybe even some people realized there was a little sense of entitlement in there. But the thing that I think that was really interesting, something that we – happened slowly at first and then it really kind of started to catch on at, at least I can only speak from my experience what I saw mm -hmm. um, with this forced space on us with a, this normal convenience now all of a sudden it's halt stop you've got dead space is it's really an opportunity it's what am I going to do with that space am I going to collect all the hard things that I have inside of me my anger my frustration my desperation and am I going to project that onto other people? And I think that we did see this uh, quite a bit yeah. <laughs> in the beginning, mm. right? Uh, somebody would go to a restaurant and want their normal 101. Sorry, we, we don't have the right to-go boxes. We don't have the utensils. We don't have the right ingredients. We don't have the staff. And people were really angry about that at first. Uh, and then there was this progression to what else can I do with that space? And I think as this kind of this dead space started to become a little bit normalized, we realized that actually, instead of letting this dead space happen to me, I can happen to this space. I can approach these people with gratitude, with love, yes. with grace, and I can ask for the same back, and that's okay. And, and I think what we did is, is we started to find a little bit of bonding, saying, you know, even though your situation, not that person, right, even though your situation might be causing me a little bit of frustration because I don't have my normal number 33, whatever it is, <laughs> Together, we can use this dead space, and we can actually come together, and we can bond, and we can create grace and gratitude. And it was amazing. People started coming together with all different levels of creativity, wanting to learn how can we help each other, right? And so we went from these micro groups of, you know, service industry to, you know, a stay-at-home parent to a military person, and we all just became one macro again for a moment, and that was we were all people struggling through a very hard and unknown time. And I think it's really, really important that any time we have dead space forced upon us, we hold on for a second and we try not to project everything that we have going on, That's good. right? And say, how can I bring love and light to this situation? And I think we saw a lot of that and certainly, um, you know, every everything um, since COVID, but even with the really unfortunate event of Club Q, Wow, mm -hmm. um, I every time I think I've actually I've yet to make a post on the foodies page to highlight all of the different restaurants and not not just the restaurants and and um, all the other industries, but just the local citizens who have no connection to this industry, wanting to just step up and serve. Hey, can I volunteer? Can I set up? Because uh, the um, Metropolitan Church down off of Eight, they did the massive Club Q survivors dinner. And there was just citizens just coming together. Say, I'll help clean up. Awesome. I'll help tear down. I'll serve food. Um, there are so, and I haven't been able to make a post about it because I just get so emotionally overwhelmed. Yeah. I know I still need to do that, um, but um, it's just it's it's a way for us to say to honor our capability, right, and not just our current disability. Because hurting and pain is a disability, right? It disables you from going forward and, and doing doing what is maybe the right thing or whatever it might be. Um, but even through times of struggle and pain and, and really unknown, mm -hmm. uh, we still have capability and we need to remind each other and encourage each other 
go out and honor your capability and, and come together as the macro, which is we are all just people mm. trying to get through this day to day. And sometimes we all just need to pull someone else up, even if we're slipping off a little bit too. Uh, it's a powerful thing. So that's really what I've noticed as far as everything kind of starting off with COVID mm -hmm. is that there are a lot of folks now in the local community who've realized that they can jump in somehow to help support and we can come to situations with, with grace and love and gratitude. And it sure does make a difference. It does, and the whole human aspect of Absolutely. how it impacted the whole city at large. Oh yeah. Residents actually realizing, oh, I can go help instead of complain. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's a yes. big thing. What yeah. a novel idea. Yeah, Absolutely, exactly. don't just highlight your disability, right? Yeah. We all have it, it's anger, it's frustration, and yeah. we're entitled to those feelings. Having those feelings are okay. But it's the behavior that we choose to, that's driven from those feelings. Yes. That's our responsibility, yeah. right? Thank and we you. can honor so our good. capability, too. Yes. I couldn't yeah. agree with you more. One of the things That is the first man who has ever said that to me. And I'm <laughs> glad we've got it recorded. No, I'm just that's the second <laughs> man I've heard that to you before. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, it's. Uh, it, I saw it firsthand in the restaurants, in the dining rooms. And, you know, I think you've, you've touched on, you know, there was kind of this, like, this mass. Um, um, entitlement that came in at first, and um, I I kind of hate using that word, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's it's such a broad word, first yes. and foremost. Like, you know, what is entitlement, right? right? What are you entitled to? I mean, uh, we all have entitlement, mm -hmm. but our level of what we think we're entitled to yes. is different. Our accustomed uh, rituals is what people is, think they are entitled to. Sometimes. And and that was the problem, right? Like, you know, here we were opening our dining rooms with like one fifth of the tables and seats that we are used to operating under. So we do this and then people are complaining that there's a wait and they're complaining that they can't have a table and they're complaining that the service is slower. Well, the service is slower because I can't afford to have four servers on to wait on these 10 tables, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, everything was, was affected financially to begin with and just, and, and trying to bring, like Megan touched on, you're trying to bring the staff back in. Um, you know, some people were just like, hey, I'm not coming back to work until my unemployment runs out. I mean, that was a thing, right? We yeah, ran into that. that. Those people are are the ones that were struggling to find jobs when their unemployment ran out because everybody was like, I asked you to come back, right. and yeah. you wouldn't. So, therefore, I filled your spot. Um, but then the people started to see, like, I can help. I can do this. And, and really, I truly believe people are good. People are inherently good humans. And when they're given the opportunity to <laughs> do you disagree, like, Frank. Yeah, I doubt they respectfully disagree with that. But go ahead, your show. Uh, <laughs> and I think that when they were given the opportunity to do the right thing and coached and and, and maybe given a path, people started to do it. You know, mm -hmm. I was unbelievably proud with our community through this. I really was. I was hurt. I was. I, I cried the day I watched, and I knew the day before because I was on a, a private phone call with the governor that he was going to shut restaurants down. Mm -hmm. And I watched it on TV, and it was a reality all of a sudden. And here I was about to lay off. But, you know, at the time I had two restaurants. Um, my wife at the time had a restaurant. We were about to lay off between two of 60 people. Wow. For no reason. Uh, yeah. For no reason of their own, you know. for mm -hmm. And... What are they going to do? What's going to happen? We don't know how long this is going to be. And, and it, was, it was emotional. And, you know, we had to figure out what we were doing. And the community had to figure out what we were doing. It was a, it was a, 
everyone problem. It wasn't, we all felt like, oh my God, it's the restaurants that are hurting. But there were so many businesses that hurt so bad. And there's so many people that hurt. And it was just overwhelming. And then when things started clicking, when people started bringing the community together, it was amazing. And I was unbelievably impressed with our community. I was proud. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think that a foodie show would go this deep. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you did? I did. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, cause so you're, you're it's in that almost space. like you guys were in the forefront mm-hmm. of the experience. Front lines. And, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, I was actually um, doing credit card processing, of all things. And, you know, and I was expected to pull doors still and do the cold calls. And, you know, obviously the restaurants, I mean, that was, it was so sad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like... I couldn't help as much as you could, you know, in your space, but as far as the marketing piece of it, but man, when I drove downtown and saw all the doors that were shut yeah. down, mm-hmm. that rocked my world. And that was actually part of me coming up with my business plan and, and doing my business as was pouring out pouring so that when everything did open, I was there for those businesses. I could pour back into them mm-hmm. and, you know, cause they didn't have the resources that maybe they didn't know they had or whatever and and they couldn't find staffing and so mm-hmm. people were coming at me who needed jobs and so it's like all of a sudden being the connector was like oh my gosh this is powerful you know because you you've got lives to change and people who need you and yeah it's incredible thank you all for all that you three have done just in the city it's wow, wow. i think there are several um leaders and i and i that is certainly a word i don't use loosely as especially considering, right, that's a part of what I do in my company um, is, is leadership development. But there are incredible leaders in our community, and it's so interesting because when we look at different industries, we look at leaders, typically speaking, as SMEs, rightfully so, right, in their industry. But um, there's not a lot. Well, I shouldn't say there's not a lot. And when um, she says SME, she means subject matter subject experts. Subject matter expert. Thank you very child. much. She's a military lady. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is, it is just incredible to me that at any level, um, certainly within our restaurants, bars, and breweries, whether you're a server or you're, you're the owner, these these establishments have yes company leaders but um what's been so present is they have people leaders they have leaders who are willing to just create you know emotional space mental space for these folks who are struggling and so just the the people leader aspect that is so present in in our community right here i think is amazing and so when you walk through the doors of some of our restaurants that are you know thankfully still open um, come in with, with some grace and some gratitude and, and, and be joyful because you just don't know what some of these folks have gone through, but also you don't know what they've led others through. And it's just, it's incredible. Um, Greg, certainly one of, one of our restaurateurs here in town, um, Franco, just, oh my gosh, that man has an incredible heart. And uh, Eric and Joe, and there's just so many that have just, it, that's been the most outstanding thing to me is that, even during a time of massive struggle, laying people off, uh, our food and beverage industry has not skipped a beat on continuing to pour into our community, even for folks who aren't a part of the food and beverage community, figuring out how to do what they do best, and that's serve others. Mm-hmm. And it, it is just incredible. 
And typically that's what happens in these times where of tragedy and hardship is there is a rallying of humanity that comes, you know, we look at 9-11, right? Mm-hmm. We had a country that was almost united. No one was talking about the political divide at that mm-hmm. time or other things that were that are so germane to uh, uh, the, the division that we typically uh, experience in our country. Megan, I want I want to shout out to you because we only have ten minutes left on our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I want you to make sure that people know how to reach you. Okay. Because it's important that the work that you do mm-hmm. in this arena uh, is accessible to people. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, the best way to reach me is you can find me. I'll say. You can email me, but I'm going to say my Instagram because it's much easier to find me there because my name is spelled weird and people will probably email the wrong email. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Springs Native. Um, there I have quite a big following. I have about 14,000 followers. I post about restaurants, places that you can go eat. Um, it's really fun. You can always DM me if you're looking for a new spot to go to. Um, I don't consider myself a foodie, which is it's, it's funny. Um, I like the term like local food expert because um, Greg will probably tell you I know all the things that I should never know about. People love to tell me <laughs> things that are not written down yet. And so I know all the restaurant things that are happening. So if you're looking for a place to eat, I'm there. And then if you are a restaurant owner or you're in the industry or whatever you might have questions about or want to reach out to me, that's a great way to get to me. Um, And I can always kind of give you the info on what's happening or we can talk business. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Reach out to, to Megan. Uh, for social media needs, marketing needs, mm-hmm. uh, just expertise in this industry all the way around. She'll help you. And uh, uh, Greg, love the beard, brother. Thank uh, you. A little bit <laughs> jealous. Little I've bit been jealous. admiring. He's got <laughs> a little mind going there. I know. He's rocking that, right? <laughs> no, I just do it freehand, but it's kind of my signature. <laughs> if you guys haven't been to eat at Patty Jewett and – and I, Greg knows I'm not just saying this because he knows how often I'm there. The food there is so, so good. It the is breakfast good. is great. Um, on Saturdays, they do a prime rib for oh. how much money? For eighteen ninety five. What? That is amazing. Eighteen ninety five for twelve ounce prime rib with mashed potatoes and a salad. And then, do you still do your Wednesdays? Yeah. That's we Saturday. The, at what time uh, is that? Uh, that starts at eleven thirty. The prime rib starts at eleven thirty and goes in all the way through dinner. And then on Wednesdays. On Wednesdays, mm-hmm. they do all-you-could-eat crab legs. Uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. For lunch? No, we start that at 4 o'clock. Okay. Oh, 4. <laughs> we were just That's afraid too many people would come in for lunch and stay all the way through <laughs> yeah. dinner, right? So, yeah, that starts at 4. And, then, and we get a great crowd. We do that all through the winter. <laughs> and they also do. have a huge room to do cater, like catering and, like, events and things like that. I've been to quite – I've been to a wedding, a baby shower, over a wedding. Actually, I've been to a wedding, a baby shower, two weddings um, over at Patty Jewett. So mm-hmm. if you guys are looking to, like, have an event – and you want really good food, I would highly suggest Thank you, doing that. incredible. Oh, hidden yeah. gems in our city. And we shouldn't be hidden since it's been there, like mm-hmm. since Methuselah would walk through yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> over, over 120 years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 120 years. Yeah. Greg, so tell people how to reach you. Uh, I don't know how you can do better than Megan did. I know. Right? Yeah. Right? Do you want to be reached? 
It's <laughs> 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 a great question. Um, I know. <laughs> well, he he heads special. to work at like 5 a.m. every day. He's mm-hmm. at the kitchen, so he'll post. If you if you guys find him yes. on social media, he posts his the sunset sunrise. pictures, sunrise, yeah. sunrise, pictures, sunrise pictures over at Patty Jewett. Yeah. I've got some pretty amazing. And breakfast starts over at there. seven. Uh, breakfast starts at 8 during the winter, and then we go down to uh, 7 o'clock during the uh, golf season. Are you the chef yeah. in the back? I am. Yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy, you got some branding skills there, yeah. too, don't you, my yeah, friend? absolutely. Got that beard going on, <laughs> sunset <laughs> rising. I've been doing this a long yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you can reach me at the restaurant. Um, my email is um, greg at PJ Bar and Grill. Um, at the restaurant there. So I'm um, more than happy to answer questions. Um, but uh, I love being part of this community. I, you know, I think we've all kind of said it, that this, it, we're very impressed with what happened. We've all seen such changes. I'm, I'm proud of this community as far as the restaurant community goes, because when I got here in the mid-90s, it was chain restaurants, and we all struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, also Independence, I opened up a restaurant in 95 on the west side. Um, which I then sold to um, Jake Tapakis, who owns Jake and Telly's in that location. I had a Mexican restaurant there. Um, and um, I am proud of what we've done for this food community, the foodies and, and the chefs and, and the operators that have opened up. I mean, I, I have a list of friends that I worked with at Phantom Canyon back in the late 90s who have opened <laughs> restaurants. It's incredible. There's 30 restaurants that have opened through the crew that we had there it's pretty pretty neat 30 30 yeah <laughs> yeah 30 restaurants from between the ritz and phantom canyon from the employees of those two restaurants from 1997 to 2004 there are 30 restaurants that i've counted that have opened up from line level employees that have worked at those two places during. Well, that did you guys have a mentoring program there? You know, we've talked it? about that. Like, they, they, I, they had Greg. Yeah. They had Greg. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure if he still does it, but Gre- Greg is too too shy to mention other things. He also, I believe, does restaurant consulting sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're interested in opening a restaurant, he does restaurant consulting. He's great to Thank ask you. and pick his brain. Come um, on, but, Greg. Pay, but if you're going to do that, pay him for it. Yeah. He's not going right, to say it, but Greg. I'm going to say yeah. it. Yeah. Pay him. If you ask him questions. Pay him. We did have a great, thank you very much, man. We did have a great mentoring program. And a lot of it was we were given the freedom to operate our places, right? And we got to see, like, okay, this is happening. This is where we're moving. I mean, you know, Jay Gus, Johnny Nolan, Phil DeHone, oh, myself, Joe Campana, Lucas Fry, Matt Baumgartner, Cody uh, Rilo, Tyler Shadell. Wow. Yeah. Um, who else do we have from that group? There's a, the, I think it said Matt Baumgartner. Um, I, I'm sorry if I'm missing anybody, but just off the top of my head, yeah. those people all worked in the, either those two restaurants um, and opened up their own restaurants. It's yeah. pretty uh, incredible who's what who has happened. Yeah. To entrepreneurial uh, enterprises in the restaurant yeah. industry mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. Uh, on the front range, man. For sure. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, we are charging for Greg Howard. Autographs. I'm just saying, make all those checks payable to United Negro Fund, Frank Sinclair chapter. Oh my god! And once you and once you start working with Greg, make sure you let him know I sent you because I will be asking him to open up a tab for me. That's right. That's that's how I will be taking my referral charge. And Megan, I better be your date. Yes, absolutely, absolutely.
<laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be happier, more happy to do it. <laughs> uh, thank you guys. Delilah, you yes, you are you have a great social media presence, my friend. I hadn't been seeing you recently, but you, you, been busy. You, she's been, been busy. busy. Been yeah. busy. What you doing? Doing all all the all the things. Uh, so I have my normal job where I where I do corporate mission strategy. So that's my day to day. That's a DoD contracting. Gig. And space. Uh, space, Air Force, Space Force, Air Force, yeah, yeah, just yeah, depends yeah. on the desired technology there. So yeah. do a little bit of that, um, supporting different units on their innovation journeys. Then I also have my military unit that I belong to. So as a reservist? As a reservist, yep. Yeah. Um, been yes. a reservist with the 302nd here in the Springs yeah. for quite a while now, for about mm. six years. Um, yeah, it's, it's my pleasure. I, I love putting on my uniform um, almost as much as I love Jesus. But anyways, just going to put that in real quick. <laughs> Do that uh, And then I, my consulting company, uh, which which that has um, been super, super neat. Uh, that's really just has given me a lot of freedom um, in some really neat ways. And then, you know, I got my boys, yep. two yep. little foodies that some folks see around town. And, and I have to say this really quick about Patty Jewett. Sorry, I know we are just like fawning over you today. But I love how much your team just allows them to be gentlemen. Yes. You know, I, you know, sometimes kids get the kid treatment at mm-hmm. places. They're not even acknowledged or spoken right. to. Um, Thank you for that. Country. Absolutely. Yeah. Because Absolutely. that's important to me. That is. Um, I, I take it pretty seriously that people l- allow their kids to be gentlemen, yep. ladies, adults, yep. and and order their own food. Yes, and it's yeah. I mean it's, it's great. It's, it's where we're gonna go, right? Yeah. I mean they're Absolutely. gonna be they're gonna be adults at some point, right? right? They're gonna have their own bank yep. account yep. real That's soon. Right. So <laughs> behind you, Delilah. Mm-hmm. How, oh you can find me at COS Foodies on Facebook. I do have an Instagram, but I'm gonna be honest kind of prefer to hang out with my kids more than I do post on Instagram. Yeah. So the Facebook page gets most of my love, but that's how you can find me, or you can find me at delilah.nexus at gmail.com. Do you want me to spell that phonetically? I'm just no, kidding. No, I won't do that. No. We don't have um, time for yeah, phonetics. So. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just find me on Facebook. That's the easiest way. Well, there again, we've got to shut down here today, Lisa. Thank you once again for all that you do to create great programming here. At Family Flavors, a slide on Motivation Monday. We're so glad that you would join us. If you have any questions, uh, reach out to Lisa or I. We'd be happy to help those. Or you have a great idea for a show, a panel with a theme that you think our community needs to hear Shout out to us as well. We'll be back next Monday for two hours of incredible programming as we infuse hope and encouragement into our community through the great humans that live here. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week.
do 